This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome into another Huntfish Talk episode or edition, whatever you want to call it. I'm Don Dubuque along with the Bayou woman, Wendy Billiot, president of Louisiana Outdoor Writers Association and the host of the North Shore Fishing Report, Keith Lusher. Keith and Wendy, good morning. Beautiful day, huh? Good morning. Good morning. Sure is. Yes, it's beautiful down the bayou. That's for sure. Nice and somehow I think I should be I should be fishing, or wabbit mm-hmm. hunting, or quail hunting, or something. I don't know. But anyway, you know, this is it work is like the thing we a... do so we can afford to fish and hunt. <laughs> I think this is the first morning in a, about a week that we haven't had crazy winds. So yeah, yeah. I bet the fishermen are out in numbers today. Well, it was blowing earlier, but it's supposed to be subsiding, according to the uh, weather guessers, as some people call them. And uh, hopefully by tomorrow, it's going to be like 5 to 10 out of the east. Boy, that's good stuff there. Yeah, we got mm-hmm. some stable weather coming, too, as well. Uh, I think the next cold front isn't until maybe Tuesday night or Wednesday. So you got a yeah, well, good window to, to get some fishing in. I know stable weather is important around this time. Time of year, and you got a ton of water coming down the Pearl River in your area, uh, <laughs> man. I do, huh? <laughs> yeah, you do. That's yeah. your North Shore world, yeah. man. That's your world. I know. <laughs> I tell you what, a ton of bass fishermen fish that area for those tournaments. Uh, y'all were speaking of eagles. I tell you what, I had the opportunity to to spot an eagle for the first time. I've seen them at a distance. But uh, I was with Chris Basie. We were heading uh, we were heading towards the marsh in the, in the East Pearl. And uh, he, he points out on a channel marker, and we just shut the motor down. And, and you know how winter it is. It gets quiet out there. There's no boats. And we just sat there and watched this eagle right up on top of uh, the channel marker. And it just, man, I tell you what, I've never seen it that close up. That that white on their head is just absolutely blinding. And just how regal this bird is, it really, really it just shut us up. And we just, just stared at it for you know, six, seven minutes. It, it was really amazing. I saw one Thank this you, week Jonathan. too. I was uh, I was rabbit hunting, and he was doing the same thing. He didn't have a shotgun; <laughs> he was using his feet. <laughs> Wendy, you got eagles down there by you, don't you? Oh yeah, one flew over the house yesterday. We're very fortunate in that arena. We last count, I think we have about two hundred fifty nests in the parish. You know, and wow. some of those are accessible by water only, but we have quite a few that. Um, you can see from the road, and we have a lot of birders down here. We have a Terrebonne Bird Club, and so it's it's not unusual to be driving down and see a bunch of cars out and people in their big lenses, and you can look off in the distance, and sure enough, you know, they're photographing those eagles, feeding the babies, and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, there have been a lot, a lot of pictures posted this past week on uh, their Facebook pages of eagle photos, and actually somebody Several people posted over around the Morgan City Berwick area. There was a concentration of about twenty six. Hmm. So yeah, you think the we'll ever see a uh, excited? 
ever think we'll see a feral eagle season to help control the population from overpopulation? No, God forbid. <laughs> I well, don't somebody's so. going to report me. You know what I heard Don Dubuque say on the radio? We ought to have an eagle season. That'll be the oh, next yeah, thing gonna, that comes out. They're going to talk about you, Don. Can you believe yeah. he said that? We'll talk about Louisiana and the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries jumping on that right after this uh, speckled sea trout <laughs> assessment here. <laughs> right, you're right. All right, well, Wendy, you had the pleasure uh, of going to Gray, Louisiana, to take in uh, the, the spotted sea trout public comment period, the hearing. Uh, give us a report. What was said? What was surprising? What did you not be surprised by? And what was the final outcome? Well, first off, I wish they would have had a larger venue. And you mentioned there's going to be a venue that holds about 500. And and that's a good thing because if the turnout is anything like it was here, um, the newspaper reported 185 people. But there was standing room only, and a lot of people couldn't even get in the room. Okay. And by the way, I saw Rex Caffey there. It was great to see him, Dr. Rex Caffey with Louisiana Sea yeah, Grant. Yeah. Um, and he at the beginning. Yes, and in the beginning, um, Jason Adrians, when he was teaching us how to use these little clickers, and I don't know the formal term for those things, um, I think he tallied the first group of responses at around 110. So not everybody had clickers, okay? So, we, But we did have about 110 people who were responding consistently. I want to say that... Overall, Jason Adrians did a good job, and I don't know how heated the other meetings are going to be, but this was a really good t- test run for him. Um, it was a it was a good initiation because this is a really tough group of folks down here, okay? And they got unruly a few times, and, and uh, Jason did a pretty good job of facilitating and controlling and and diverting, you know, and nipping some outbursts in the bud because we down here by you people just have a tendency to kind of speak out, you know, <laughs> and we're not always <laughs> we're not always following protocol and being appropriate. So, but for the most part, it was um, it was pretty well controlled. And and what he did, what Jason did, um, was give us some some initial questions to familiarize us with the the little um, clickers so that, you know, we could eventually answer quickly and promptly. He did do his uh, presentation, which is um, different and more extended than the one we saw at the Outdoor Writers Conference in August. Um, I'm I'm sure that 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 was necessary. It seemed like to me there was a whole lot more um, information, a whole lot more graphs, and um, I do think, though, that because he would show the graph and, and, he, and he warned us that the presentation alone was going to take about an hour and that we wanted to be able to get to everyone's public comments and we didn't want to be there all, all night. And we only had the room for about two to two and a half hours. So this was going to have to keep moving smoothly to keep it in that time frame. So... Those questions were interesting um, in the beginning because they kind of were kind of introducing us to things, but also giving him a feel and of where this group stood 
on the questions before they saw the presentation, and then the results later would tell them if the presentation had any impact and changed our answers on any of these questions after we had seen the presentation. And I think that was interesting. So um, our age group, the majority of the people in that room that responded were over 60 years old, which is interesting. And they wanted to know why we fished and what regions we fished. And the two largest regions represented at that meeting were the uh, Barataria Lafitte uh, area and the uh, Terrebonne Timbalier Basin region. They wanted to know how many trips per year we made, what kind of recreational fishing license we held. And and I want to go over these things quickly so that those listening who are going to go to the next meeting can be prepared and know what to expect. They wanted to know what our target saltwater species were, and you were able to to select more than one in that choice. And um, sort of a general um, opinion of what how we thought our trout population was doing now as opposed to years past. And then are we in favor of making some speckled trout regulation changes? And then that big question we've discussed so many times, how many trout do you catch on a typical trip? And I was surprised to see that um, I think the largest number was, 30% of those respondents said, let me see, I want to get this right. 30% said that they caught between 5 and 10. And that may kind of jive with what we've been saying. Does it, Don? Uh, actually, it probably would be a little higher than that, the percentage. Okay. According well, to what largest... Wildlife and Fisheries has taken from their creel surveys and, you know. Okay. And this is just the average recreational, well, well, I say that, but there were a lot of charter guides at this meeting. We do have a lot mm-hmm. of charter guides down here. Okay. But 30% okay. said they catch between 5 and 10. And then they mm-hmm. wanted to know our level of concern about the spec status, if we were not concerned, slightly concerned, somewhat, you know, moderately or extremely concerned. And then the big question, should we reduce the daily limit? Should we increase the minimum length? Should we implement a slot? Should we implement seasons? And what about zones? So um, those were just the general questions that gave them just kind of a, a feel for where everyone was at. Now, during the presentation, when Jason would present some very profound information, he would then ask one of these other, um, there were about 23 significant questions and I did not list all those on the report but he would ask very specific questions regarding the information he had just provided to see where we stood and if it had changed our mind on anything but what the entire presentation came down to were um, about eight final questions so I don't know if you want to take a break and come back to this because this is where this is where the meat of the thing. This is what they were really getting down to. Okay, let's do that. Let's take that break, and we'll come back. And when you give us the rest of that report from the public comment meeting that was held in Gray, we've got a couple more coming up. Uh, one is in the Slidell area Thursday night at 6. Wednesday, it's at the East Bank Regional Library in Metairie. 
Uh, Lake Charles, if you're listening over there, the LXU Extension Service, that's Wednesday, February 26th. The next day, the 27th, Rapides Parish Extension Office in Alexandria. And the final meeting, 1 p.m., Ruston, Louisiana, February 29th at the Lincoln Parish Library. You're listening to Hunt Fish Talk. I'm Don Dubuque along with Wendy Billiot, Keith Lusher. We're back right after this. And Wendy has the floor talking about the meeting that she attended in Gray, Louisiana. Wendy? Okay. So these are the questions that were, um, most of these were mainly at the end of the presentation, and these reflect um, the final answers that were given by about 110 respondents at the meeting in Gray. And I would like to add for those folks listening who have yet to attend a meeting, I, I do encourage you to attend um, and and let your response be recorded and sign up to have a public to make a public comment. Now, Jason is going to limit you, depending on the size of the room, to about two minutes, two to three minutes, and it really has to be directly to what do you want to see. And I, I just can't impress enough upon people because we had quite a few people in gray that couldn't get that through their heads, and they wanted to talk about you know, the bycatch and the trawlers and um, the sharks are a problem. And, and that's not the purpose of that meeting. You know, this is, this is not to air your grievances with, with what's going on with anything else. So if you take your two minutes, value them and say specifically, this is what I want to see and the people I represent want to see. This is the change we would be happy with. So just, you know, a note to those who, who plan to attend the meetings. So at the very end, um, let me preface this by saying one more thing. Jason does not have time to go over every slide in long detail. He goes over them quickly, and I will say that if you have not studied the graphs ahead of time, they are very hard to quickly grasp and understand because he doesn't get to go into great detail. So it's even advisable if you have the time, go online, look at the presentation. It is there and familiarize yourself with what all these numbers mean and how, what the best case scenarios are to reach the 20% reduction over five years. I mean, you know, knowledge is power, so educate yourself. All right, what, rec- what regulations would you like to see? And you have choices. Number one, 10 fish daily creel with a 12-inch minimum length. And I have to say that, by and large, on all of these, your your responses are A, strongly support, B, slightly, C, unsure, D, slightly oppose, and E, strongly oppose. And on all of these questions, everybody in that room strongly opposed all of these recommendations. And the only thing that I can deduce from that is that the one thing the majority of these people wanted to see was not on that list. That's why that public comment opportunity is so important. If you don't like what they're offering, then speak up and say what you want to see. So 47% of that room was against that first offer. The second option 25 fish daily. Wait a minute. Well, when did, wait, wait a minute. What? You said uh-huh. they were against it. You said they were against it, but 
if you go, you have to add the D and the E, the slightly and strongly, because it's different degrees of opposition. But if you look at it in terms of being opposed to it, it's actually like 70%. You add the 23 to the yes. 47. Yes, if you add the slightly opposed and the strongly opposed, that's, uh, what did you say, Don? 70? 70, 70, yeah, 70, that's impressive. 70%, 70% were, were opposed to that that uh, recommendation. The next one was pretty similar, a little bit different, but uh, 25 fish daily krill with a 14-inch minimum length. And in this one, 21% slightly supported it. But if you combined all those who opposed it, it was 58% opposed it, if I'm looking at those numbers right. Yeah, 58% that's right. opposed that. Okay, number three. 12 fish daily creel with a 13-inch minimum length. And this one's a little bit different. 20% strongly supported that option. 22% slightly supported it. And uh, a total of... 42%. Yeah. 45. Wendy, if you want me to take over right here, I got I have the added totals to simplify. Okay, the sure. support sure. and the slightly support and then the slightly opposing and strongly opposed just to simplify. Because when I was reading these stats, it is it is deceiving the, how they're broken down into strongly and then slightly. I just grouped them all together just to get a support slash opposed number. So okay. you left off with, yeah, the 12 fish daily creel with the 13-inch minimum length, uh, 42% supported that, and 54% opposed that. Um, then we move over to the 12 fish daily creel with a 13-inch to 20-inch slot. 22% uh, supported that, and 76% opposed that. So strongly, so that, that that's the biggest opposed number, I think throughout the whole uh, selection, and that's the slot. 12 fish day, daily creel with a 13-inch and one over a 20-inch. So that's the slot, too. You keep one over the 20. 32% uh, support that and 67% oppose that. So, again, a high number there when you when you throw in that slot. Um, and in a more restrictive regulation. So this is a question that they ask that they want uh, if you wanted to see more restrictive regulations, and only 23% support that, which is kind of a surprise, and 67% uh, oppose that. And, uh, of course, the last question, apply the same regulations coastwide. 27% uh, so, uh, support that, 62% uh, oppose that, and 11% were unsure about that. Okay, let's talk about number seven, applying the same regulations coastwide. That was very interesting um, because <laughs> he he put that question up on the screen and everyone answered and then there was a lot of chatter and Jason was like what's what's the problem and and somebody <laughs> said whoa whoa wait a minute I don't think we understand the question can 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 you go over that again can you tell us what that means <laughs> and they said can we have a do over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So they, asked for, they asked for a do-over. They cleared it, and we voted again. And on, uh, and you said that one right? Yeah. What was what yeah, was the total of the Yeah, that was twenty-seven percent. Twenty-seven 
uh, uh, supported it. 62% opposed that, but 11% were unsure. Okay. Let me tell you what tipped the scales on that one. As we all know, over in the West, Calcasieu Cameron uh, have already reduced their daily limit to 15, and there is also a slot, and at the moment, off the top of my head, do y'all know what that is? I can't remember. There, There is, you can only keep one fish over a certain length. I don't, we don't ever talk about that, but that is the fact. Right. So think about this for a minute. If years ago, and I don't know how long ago, they already reduced their limit to 15 inches, what if what is decided upon in five years has not done the trick for them over there and and they decide, well, you know, we've already gone down across the coast to 15 fish. Well, now we really need to go down to 10 or 5, and we're going to apply that across the coast. That was the tipping point for this question. It was like, no, 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 no. Just because over in the West they need a greater reduction in order to reach their their goal, we can't do that over here. We're all going to go out of business. And and we heard loudly from the charter guides on this one because I believe, by and large, the charter guides were saying anything under 15 fish, and we're done. That was the general consensus on that. So once they had their revote, that, that strongly opposed number went way up. So that's, that's interesting yeah. to note. When I first read that, that question, it kind of caught me off guard because we it's something that was never discussed, you know, apply the same regulations coastwide because you automatically assume West has their, their, their thing already established. So how, how would this work? Would it just wipe out that and make it all one, one you know, slot, one size limit, daily creel, and affect them? So that kind of caught me off guard too. So I can see, I can see how, you know, people were confused at that meeting. Right. So, Don, do we want to keep going or do we want to break here? Uh, what you got, got next? A, the uh, what, what percent, and I think this is, you know, this is pretty much speculation and opinion and what do you think, but what percent of your undersized fish released will die? So this is mm. all about mortality rate of fish returned to the water. So, uh, okay, I asked uh, David. Cr- I asked I David Cresson about that. He was at the Baton Rouge meeting, and uh, he he gave an answer. I tell you what, let's take the break here, and we come back. I'll let you give the responses that you saw at your meeting, and then I'll tell you what David's comment was about that particular question. You're listening to Hunt Fish Talk. We'll be right back after this pause. You're listening to it on WWL 105.3 FM HD2. And welcome back in. We're talking about the public hearings that are being held statewide to discuss the future of speckled trout changes in regulations to achieve a 20% reduction in the harvest. And there have been several options presented. Uh, People have been attending these meetings. Good turnouts. There's several more to go. We'll run those down before we get off the air. But uh, back to Wendy, who was at the one at Gray, and she filed a report for us. Uh, Wendy, David Cresson told me that the purpose of that question that you're getting ready to tell us the results on, what percentage of my undersized fish release will die, was basically to gauge what the – the feelings or the thoughts or the not necessarily any science based or knowing what the correct answer was just to kind of get a feel what people thought about the the number of fish that die that are, that are released 
Um, did they explain that before the uh, question was asked at your meeting? Well, it was just a matter of what do you think? And and I really not sure that wildlife and fisheries biologists have any way to quantify this for certain, right? Uh, yeah, uh, for certain, no. I, I think it's a, you know, there's a lot of variables and it's a very difficult thing to do. But uh, you know, using whatever factors they could, how many are eaten by pelicans, how many are eaten by dolphins, how many uh, right. have the slime removed off and get bacterial infections and die, and how many of them simply die as they're thrown back because the hook was ingested and it was pulled out instead of the line cut. Uh, I know the the last study I saw was years ago, and it was done by Texas, and they did it in a, uh, a contained aquarium. And they actually hooked fish in a variety of ways and released them and tried to simulate natural conditions as much as they could. Of course, the predators weren't in there. And uh, they came up with some results, which what they had was uh, less mortality than what the biologists are estimating here in Louisiana. But maybe it's because they have to consider that in a natural environment it would be higher because there are predators out there. So, yeah, they they came up with 25% is what the biologists say. That's one out of four. And as David pointed out, they did say that the smaller fish have a much better chance of surviving, but the larger fish, because they're going to be harder to revive, uh, having been played out more than those would, would raise the percentage. But I guess an overall average of mortality, their best estimate using science, the best they've got, is one out of four fish die. What did the people, What did it surprise you? What did you answer when they asked you that? I think it's higher than 25% mortality rate, personally. And mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of buzz and a lot of conversation about people's concern over oh great now we're going to kill more fish if we raise the minimum length to 13 or 14 inches we're going to be now throwing back 12 inch fish 12 and a half 13 13 and a half inch fish and we're increasing the possibility that that mortality rate is going to go up and there was even quite a bit of discussion about how smart dolphins are and they know how to hang around And they're going to scoop those fish up after you throw them back. And that's something I hadn't really considered. But I think it's a good point. As you said, predators, we don't see pelicans so much, but we we do see dolphins. Um, You know, majority of their diet is speckled trout. So, yeah, they're they're opportunists and, and they're intelligent. We know this. So my personal opinion, and again, it's just an opinion, you know, I try to handle them properly. I, I try not to, to handle them too much and take off the slime, and I try to remove the hook. But a lot of times you hook them in the eye, I, you know, I just say, I'm sorry, little fella, and, and you hope that's, that's not a mortal, a mortal wound. But golly, you know, I guess a fish can live with one eye. I don't know. But um, the the less than 5% mortality rate, vote was 21% people agreed with that one. And the 5 to 10% mortality rate, 20% agreed with that one. And 11 to 15% mortality rate, the response was 11%. And 16 to 20% mortality rate was only a 6%, a 20, which is interesting to me, 21 to 25%, and the response was 8% of people believe that. And more than the 25% mortality rate was the highest of all, which was 26%, and 8% were unsure. But the fact that 
most of the people in that, well, a lot of the people in that room, the highest number, believe that it was more than 25%, um, pretty much says that they, most people don't take caution when throwing those fish back in the water. And I think their concern over um, increasing that mortality rate is a valid one. And I will say this, in the public comment time, there was, an old-time, well-known charter guide who got up and spoke. And he wanted to see them to allow us to keep anything 11 and above to just pretty much get rid of that mortality rate. Uh-huh. He said when you're, when you're – when a lot of people, especially people who are not um, seasoned trout fishermen, they don't get to go out – you know, three or four times a year, they're looking for the birds, they're fishing under the birds, and we all know that's a lot of school trout, that's a lot of juvenile trout, and the majority of those are going to be 11 and three-quarter inches. And he said, when you've got people out there, they're fishing double rigs, and they're, you know, they're popping them up like popcorn, they're throwing them back as quickly as they can as they can. They're not thinking about conservation. They're not thinking about saving that little fish. They're ripping that hook out and they're throwing them back because they want to get back in there when the getting's good and they want to get those twelve inch trout. And he's right. That does happen quite frequently. So his thought was let us keep everything we catch over eleven inches and be done with it. And and if the limit is only fifteen you go out, you catch your fifteen, and you're done. And uh, well, in a, and a lot, of, and they applauded loudly for that. <laughs> well, in a perfect world, that might might work. But you know as well as I do, if somebody's catching fish and they got mm-hmm. some big ones in there, they're gonna be. They're not gonna keep the first ten, fifteen, whatever it is they mm-hmm. catch. They're gonna keep catching and releasing to keep the bigger ones. And so you haven't accomplished anything. In fact, it works. In a detrimental effect, it, 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 it makes it worse. Now, how well, would you, you enforce that? that? Are you going to have you going to have an agent with binoculars counting every person's fish and the measuring of it yeah. while he's looking at them? I mean, you can't do that. Well, the you more, can't leave it to an option. But it's already an more, option. You can throw back anything you want at this point. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's but, not the an limit, but the limit, but the limit. But the limit in, in, on the number can be checked by your possession of the fish and you also the size limit. Well, you don't know what was thrown back. That's the unknown. You True. do know what they have. So if they come in with a bunch of 14 to 16-inch fish, you don't know how many, you know, 12s they threw yeah. back or 11s they threw back. And, and under that premise, to make that program work, you'd have to keep every one of them, which – yeah. Excuse me, sir. How many eleven and a half inch trout did you throw back today? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And then they got yeah, a fast up and get a ticket. Come on, come on. Yeah. Well, the, the more the mortality rate I feel is when we're getting too deep into the weeds here. This we're starting to work backwards and we're starting to overthink the mortality rate because with the mortality rate comes you're also releasing a bunch more fish back into to to spawn and to make more fish. I mean, when you're keeping, let's see, 12 inches right now, you're keeping 57% of the trout. If you go to 14 inches, now you're keeping 34% of the trout. That's a huge number. And to, to focus on a mortality rate when you're releasing that many, 
I, I think it's just you're, you're, you're digging too deep into the weeds on that. Well, I think they factored the mortality rate into those scenarios. In other words, if they say 12 fish a day with a 13-inch minimum, they, in order to achieve the 20% increase in, in or decrease in the harvest, they're sure. figuring that 25% of those are going to die anyway. And that still would accomplish the 20% reduction. You know, it's, it's factored well, in. Right. Jason did explain right, but, but, that, that. But, but instead ahead, of focusing Keith. on that mortality rate, you know, we should be focusing on what what those those added inches to the to the size limit are going to do for the most part that's going to increase the, the spawning increase the overall population i think the mortality rate pales in comparison to what throwing back you know 30 percent more fish is going to do right hmm that sounds logical to me yeah that that, that would be a way to do it wendy for clarification purposes those first five scenarios <laughs> The 10, the 25, the two twelve, 312s, and the different slots and minimums. Did did he state that any one of those would be uh, a route to, to do the 20% reduction that would get it accomplished? Or was he unsure about that, just asking people's well, preference? No, he, he, he did because he showed it He showed it with the graph. He, he showed... It's hard to explain on radio, but that's why the graphs are so important. He showed with those, you know, curving lines with an upward trend, he showed what it would take. It would take this to get here in five years. We'd get there quicker with this. And I can't tell you all those specifics, but he did say this would take longer. And, and you know, our science, our thinking, our calculations say this would get us there much much quicker, and I just can't remember. I'm sorry. That, that's important information, but it is uh, in one of those graphs. He, he did point so that out. So, in other words, these, these scenarios that they offered to the people to, to give their opposition or support to, uh, they, some of them would achieve the 20% that's needed in a shorter period of time, and some of them would be yes. a longer period of time? And that would so be did the impression he also I got. And how would they know that? Did he say that they were going to do stock assessments uh, in one-year increments, two, or was it going to wait till the five? How would they know that it's working if they don't do another stock assessment for five years, which is what, by law, they're required to do right now? Don, he may have said that. Um, I don't. I don't recall. He may, but. Um, I wasn't I wasn't smart enough to uh, situate myself to just take screenshots of all this. So this was all that done. Out. This, that might have been well, why you was, fell asleep. Was that why you were sleeping? Yeah, well, no. I was trying to click and take note, like, notes like I was in college all at the same time. You know. So um, hey, give me some credit here, guys. Um, no, you did a good job. You really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks um, for getting these numbers. Good to but, see new numbers here. Don, that's a really important question. He did have a slide that showed where they have all of the gillnets that they do these um, stock assessments with. That was very interesting. Um, little dots, I don't know, green dots and red dots, and I can't remember which de- delineated which, but are placed all across every fishing region. So if they have access to those, 
conveniently, there's no reason why they can't do this every year or every two years. And I don't know what kind of budgetary restraints are there, but it would behoove them to do that and not just wait the five years. But he did say this would get us there quicker. But again, remember, this all went very, very quickly. And a lot of this voting was off the cuff because there's just no way you mm-hmm. could could like absorb all that information and make an educated decision in five seconds. I mean, because we moved along at a pretty pretty quick clip. Uh, I was just wondering if uh, you know he would say that. With confidence, we know that a 10-fish daily limit with a 12-inch minimum is going to take five years. And then say with confidence, but a 12-fish daily limit, 13 inches with one over a 20 slot, will take two years, you know, uh, without going back and actually counting it for accuracy. I don't believe that he... I don't believe that he expressed that that confidently and that clearly. I see. Right. I I don't think so. I don't think so. Let's take our last... Let's take our last break, and we'll kind of wrap it up and talk about where you think it's headed from here. We're talking speckled trout. 20% reduction in the harvest is the goal over a five-year period. How do we get there is the question. We'll be right back. And we're talking speckled trout. The state of Louisiana has said they have been overfished for at least six years. It continues to go on in order to make sure we have safe resource that can replenish itself year after year they're ordering that we find a 20 percent reduction in the harvest and there's several options on how to get there that's what's being discussed at a series of public hearings Uh, i'll tell you guys this i am not hard and fast on any particular program at this point what i want to do i want to go to one of the meetings because i got some questions i want to ask them personally to find out but i also hope that jason is going to put together all of this into one or maybe keep them broken down to these meetings because i think you're going to see a variety of options and choices based on where these people fish i, I think it's going to happen and and then mm-hmm. once i see everything then maybe i could come up with what my personal preference would be have y'all formed any opinions yet are you still out there thinking wendy well, Don, I want to say that I think that every region's answer should be reported separately. And I do realize that once those are all combined, those may very well change the desires of each region. And for that reason, some of the public comments were in favor of zones. See, there wasn't a whole lot of focus on zones at this meeting of recognizing the differences in the areas. And some of the people Mm -hmm. thought that was more important than was mentioned. And I just want to wrap up by saying there were about 10 to 12 public comments at the end. Most of those were charter guides. And every one of them said that something, yes, something does need to be done to conserve the resource. But what I heard after the fact, because I posted these findings on Bayou de Large Fishing Reports page on Facebook, and I got a lot of feedback. And what the people who were at the meeting were confirming and those who read the report were saying, we don't like any of that because nowhere in there did, did they list the offer that we're in favor of. And if you look at it, it's very interesting. They didn't. And so the impression I'm left with is that for the people in this area, and we're talking about um, the the Terrebonne area, the majority of people were from that area, they want a fish 
15 fish daily krill with a 12-inch minimum length. So all they're really in favor of is reducing the limit to 15. You notice that's mm. not a choice. Because uh-huh. that's not going to get it. Because if you, in the way they would explain that is they don't catch that many anyway. So if you, you're, you're not really reducing anything, and it would be, continue to be an overfish situation. The average catch of 30% people is less than 5 the average catch of 85% people is less than 10. So going to from 25 to 15 and keeping a 12-inch, where's that 20% reduction in harvest? It ain't there. Right. Well, and one young charter guide suggested that they consider lowering that 20% to something like 16 or 17 to begin with and increase <laughs> that and, and go toward that you, over time. <laughs> You can't alter the science. If the science, yeah, I know. The science says it's got to be twenty percent. You can say, "Well, I think right. we'll just change that to 16. <laughs> well, right, like right. Wendy said the charter captain said keep everything above eleven inches. Well, now we're in worse situation right. than we are now. That's right. Exactly. Read into this. We have to read into the options. And that, like I said, yeah. that's what first came to my mind was when I read this. I'm like, well, wait, where are some all of the other options? And what hits me is, well, they're not an option because they're not an option. <laughs> because they don't work. The science says right. they don't work. I mean, they won't well, produce, well, they option, won't produce the desired the result. Yeah, right. So well, and of course. Options, <laughs> these are options that are going to get them to what they need to, to be in five years. Now, as far as five years, I think that's. That's kind of aggressive. I, I think if we're if we're making strides to if we're gaining in population, I, we could stretch it out to ten. As far as I'm concerned, if you increase the speculation population, the, the speckle, speckled trout population from here on out, I, it's just going to get better and better and better. So I don't know why the five years is the target, but I guess they have to you know pick something as a. What, what's your feelings on why five years? Because they I typically think because do the stock assessments every five years. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Current okay. law requires them to do it. Now, that doesn't mean they can't okay. change current law, you know, mm-hmm. which Two I think they should do. Go ahead. Go ahead, Don. No, no, go ahead. You first. Well, just two more things that that there's a distrust of the science, and I don't know if that's going to going to come out, you know, with other opinions from other, other meetings. And the other thing is um, – a charter guide told me this. Um, think about this for a minute. If we if we lower the limit to 15 or even really 10 for the charter guides, that's going to increase pressure on the redfish because if the customers are only going to catch 10 or 15 trout, then they're going to turn and they're going to head to the banks and they're going to head to the ponds and they're going to pound the redfish to go home with their meat hauls because a lot of those people will just come down here with charter guides you know, one or twi- once or twice a year because that's going to fill their freezer for the year. They're going to have their fish for the year. So that's something that, that hasn't been mentioned prior. It will increase the pressure on the redfish because you're paying, you know, seven, $700, $800 for a guided trip. You don't want to go home with 20 fillets. You want to go home yeah. with a meat haul. Well, I think redfish can afford the pressure uh, of the way the way we're catching redfish right now. So I don't think we're going to see any problems. Well, here's an interesting comment from a listener: says no size in a 15 limit. 
that that's what that old man was saying. Well, that's yeah, got I mean, some merit yeah, because some kind of then you would, that would do though. Yeah, right. Well, it, it would, <laughs> you, it would you know, it would reduce it would reduce the limit to 15 and more people would catch 15 because you don't have to release anything. But do people really want that size fish? Do you want an eight, nine inch speckle trout to be part of your fifteen? You know, you can't get much See, if meat we had, off of if, anything. If well, if you're catching, if you can't catch twenty five at twelve, uh, I don't know if you catch fifteen <laughs> at any size. I, I don't know if that would increase it then. But that's not an option right now, anyway. So you know, maybe they'll put it on there. That's why people need to go to these meetings and have their say. And this is not yep. going to end soon. I'm sure we'll be talking about this for many, many more hunt fish talk shows because it's uh, it's going to be an ongoing thing. A lot of angles yep. to it, a lot of things. Well, Wendy, thanks for the great job of going. Keith, you're going to be at the one in Slidell on Thursday? I certainly will, Don. I'll see you there. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll see you over there. Thanks, guys. Yep. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good weekend and look forward to our next visit. Thanks, Don. Enjoyed it. Thank you, guys. All right, that's going to wrap it up. We'll hope you can join us again next week for another edition of More Outdoors. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, Gunning for a Cure to tell us about that program. Also, the North Shore Fishing Report. Keith Lusher will be taking over 8 to 9. Hope you all tune it in then. Have a great weekend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.